live and local. Every weekday. With 10,000 watts of total power. On WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Your dreams were your ticket Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. I feel like I'm back in business again, back where I belong, back in the saddle again, as they say. And uh, here we are on the Watchdog Morning Show for a Monday underway. It's 810, 10 minutes after the hour. Temperature just tiny bumping up, 53. Wheeling Ohio County Airport, 53 at the Highlands, 54 still in Elm Grove, and 53 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. As you heard Darnell telling us, it's going to be a foggy morning. That'll burn off in the next hour or so. Then it'll be mostly sunny, high of 70 today, and that's pretty much the way it's going to be all week long. Sunny and in the 70s, maybe close to 80 come what, Thursday or Friday. But all in all, it uh, looks like a pretty nice week is in store. Um I shared with you last hour, if you were here with us last hour, some of my activity of the week gone by, uh, traveling along Route 66, the mother road of America, going back into Americana, 2,448 miles worth of uh, Route 66. But uh, how are things here, pal? What, uh, how was your life? What was going on here? Well, Howard, I did a little traveling myself. I uh, traveled a, a very famous uh, byway. I traveled Route 40 by bus. Oh, now, uh, not to get into all my personal life, but I'm, I've been going through a couple changes, and one is the vehicle. I, and I just had some bad luck. I, I thought I had one here, then I thought I had one over here, and uh, for whatever reason, it kind of fell through. And I, I'm still looking, because I'm looking to, to get what I want. I, I need a car, but I'm trying not to buy one, Howard. You know what I mean? Because I need it. Yeah, I no, do you, need you want it. To get, yeah, I want right, to get, sure. I, I want to get what I want. But I had a couple mishaps. So... With you away, which has been my ride to work, I said, okay, I'm going to take the bus. Now, Take folks, the bus and leave the ride driving to us. Those of you who have been listening for, for us for years know that I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the 100% truth. And a lot of these stories, what, what makes them kind of interesting is I screw things up. I make mistakes, <laughs> makes them worse than what they're actually experiencing because it's my shortcomings. Okay, and this is one of those stories. So, but it, it, it continues. So the first day, Howard, it's no secret. I live in Elm Grove. I live on Overbrook Avenue. So planning out my day, I don't have to come in as early. We're not going to go on the air at seven o'clock. Bear and I are going to do a good old boys from nine to ten. Big difference, right? Right. So my first day out of the shoot was uh, last Monday, a week uh, from today. And I decide to catch the bus down by Subway. Those of you that know the layout at Elm Grove know exactly where I am talking about. And there was a sign there that said this is a bus stop. Mm. Right beside it, when I say right beside it, I am not exaggerating. Right beside it is a light post. And it has one of those uh, things uh, towards the ground that you can maybe lean against. Okay. I am not exaggerating. I am leaning against the light post right beside the, the sign for the bus stop. Yeah. Here comes my bus, Howard. Guess what happens? Doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. He goes right through. Okay, it's foggy, kind of like today. I have a gray sweatshirt on, but man, I am pretty sure this guy seen me. He had to. <laughs> Before I can get the very first filthy word out of my mouth, to scream at this guy because a little bit I'm in shock. You know, I got my $2. I'm waving it here, Howard. Can you picture me <laughs> waving my $2, Howard? The bus goes right through. Before I can call this guy any kind of filthy name, I hear, hey, buddy. And I look over. And it's Jimmy Frio. No. Oh. <laughs> and Jim is getting ready to get on the interstate. And he said, I got to see you. I don't know. Jimmy said, come on, I'll give you a ride. So before I can even really get furious. You got a ride. I hear, hey, buddy. <laughs> I look over at his gym. So I come in, and Howard, I'm cooled off, but I'm not happy. So I call the people down there at the, at the transit. And I said, look, you know, th this could have been really, really, up, really, really made me mad. But I told him the story. He said, I don't really know what happened. The next morning, Howard, I say, okay. 
I'm going to walk down, which they refer to as the Wakeham's Bar Stop. It's a, it's a, actually a, a bench. I see people down there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I said, okay. <laughs> all right. I'm going to play it safe. First of all, you can't go very fast down through there, right? Right. And I thought that they stopped at the, at the stops regardless. Okay. But, but, but anyway. But I see people there all the time. I would think they stop there all the time. Wonderful experience. They come right there at 7.15, six days a week. Okay. So I was able to ride that also on Saturday to come in and do good old boys on Saturday. Oh, they, they, run, they run on Saturdays? They I, see, I didn't there. know that. Yes, well, I didn't either. Okay. 7.15, I got on the bus. Guess what time I walk in the station? Right around 7.30, 7.32. So okay. it's, it's like an express. Unless someone's standing there waving their, t- their money like I was that day, <laughs> there's no other stops. They don't go to Kroger. They go nowhere else. Now, this is where the story Uh-oh. gets interesting. Uh-oh. Great experience with that guy. I'm pretty sure that's the same guy that blew by me the first day. But that's all right, buddy. You know, hey, look, I'm down here at the Wakeham's Bar spot where I'm supposed to be. Everything's good. I like that guy. Seemed like we had a really good week together. Now, a couple of days I had to get home to Elm Grove, right? You're not here. How do I get home to Elm Grove? Well, hey, the bus is such a great experience. I will take it home. Goes both ways. Here's the problem. A lot of bus stops are, are tore up. You know, oh, downtown. Holes in the, you yeah. know, in the road, yeah. the, the yeah. barrels. It's a mess. So I'm thinking, where's the best place to catch the bus to Elm Grove? And I thought, okay, how about right here in front of the McClure? This I would looks, think, yeah. Okay, this looks like a good place. Now, the problem I had was at that time, four or five buses come through there within probably a three-minute span. And you have to look closely to see, is that the bus I want? Nope. That says uh, High Valley Mall. Is that the one I want? No, it says Wheeling Island. No, that one says, you you get my drift. Right. So you have to look. And one of the criticisms I have, they don't pay enough attention to that. Sometimes you can't read it. Sometimes it's not even the, the right one. So I take the bus in the afternoon in front of McClure. I okay. walk across. What time? I'm, this just doesn't make. What, I'm curious. What time? Before 10:30. You know. Oh, okay. I, I so zip, zip. Still... I'm out of here. I'm heading home. I stand on the side of the street that McClure is on the first time. Here comes the bus. It's my bus. I mess things up. I don't know if I'm supposed to be on the other side of the road. I don't know. But he stops for me, and he, he's very, very nice to me. And he says, "Buddy, look, we normally stop on the side of the door. I would have came over there to you." But I didn't know that. No problem. No problem. He said, now the next day, Howard, I get there a little late and I don't have a chance to cross the road. The bus comes and he picks me up on the other side. Are you with me on the other side? So, of the yeah, well, he said he would do that. That's good. No problem. Yeah. The next day I get on the bus. Right there. No problem at all. Now Thursday, same bus driver. I know him a little bit. I know his name. I know who he is. You've gotten to know him now? I knew him before that. Oh, okay. Okay. I know who he is. Are we buddies? No, but I know his name. He's a wheeling guy. I'm standing at my spot. Right past you? And he throws his hands up. He looks at me, and he throws his hands up. Like, what am I going to do? And I think, okay, once he gets through the light, he'll pull over. He knows that that's my ride to Elm Grove. No, he didn't do it. He kept on. He kept on going. Man, I'm steaming out. I am steaming because, and it's my fault. It's my shortcoming. My my kryptonite is yes, I have a temper, and then yes, when I feel like I'm embarrassed, and somebody has embarrassed me, I'm out of control. I am furious. So I call back. I call. I come in here. <laughs> I run back <laughs> in the studio or back in the station, and I said, look. This guy, and I used some bad language, and I finally got to the boss, <laughs> and he says to me. The boss at the transit authority. Yes. The nice lady, after, after me screaming and using bad language, she, she puts me through to the boss. Very nice guy. And I told him I was jacked, and he said, well, Jack, no, no, my name's not Jack. <laughs> I am jacked, all right? So I tell him what <clears throat> happens, and he says to me, and again, I'm still kind of steamed, and he says, well, was the light red or green? <laughs> and I said, really? I'm watching to see the right bus. Does it say Mozart? Does it say Wheeling Island? I'm not watching the, the light. light. 
He said, well, buddy, he said that had probably had a lot to do with it. They stopped on the wrong side of the road. They shouldn't have done that. The, the, the way it works is exactly like I thought. They open the door. They, they want to be on that side of the road, right? right? But, <clears throat> but what about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? What, you know, I, 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 I was on this side. And he said, well, probably the reason was the light was red. They didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, he was trying to be helpful. And- trying to be helpful. And I thought, okay, I, I respect that. I believe that. But why not, when you went through the red light, pull over? I'll get there in 30 seconds, yeah. right? So I come away with this. Like most stories, I'm a dumbass. I, I, I made some mistakes that, that made this story more difficult. But I come away with this, and this is just Bob Slatter's opinion. The bus drivers get wrapped up, get caught up in not so much customer service. They are on that schedule. And, they got and, a schedule, I, and I don't think it's so much because they want to get Joe to work on time. I think it's they just caught up in that system, and that's the way it is, and you better be ready because you can't mess that system up. And to me, that's wrong. There's got to be a little give and take, especially with the town tore up the way it is, Howard. Can you imagine that? Yeah, that's the thing, I, particularly because the town is, you know, there's no – probably things would go a little bit smoother if they had – if the town wasn't quite so torn up, but it is torn up, so we'll have to – we'll have to see. Um, I'll be curious um, – so, so did you did you uh, continue all week? Then you did it all week. You, you did the bus all week. Or no, well, well, Friday I didn't need the bus. Things things worked out, and maybe I'll never take the afternoon bus again. And that'll probably make the boss at the transit authority happy. And it'll also make no, I won't call him and scream at him. He'll be saying, "Is Jack going to call me again? <laughs> is that Jack?" <laughs> and I, you know, because it's sixty one, Howard. I, I, and again, it is my shortcoming. When I get embarrassed, you'll be able to say this. Bob Slider is not fit to be around. You know, that is not going to work out until he simmers down a little bit. And I thought, again, I was a customer all week. You picked me up here all week, and now you don't even slow down for me. And now once you get through the intersection, you don't pull over and let me come over and get on the bus? I was irritated, Howard. Public transit is, to me, a critical part of any city, but certainly here in this Wheeling as we do the streetscape, as we begin to move forward, the public transit's going to need to be a little bit better. I'm not complaining. I know you are, but I'm not complaining. I'm just saying we need to get public transit working better. You know what I think it is? I think there's funding, and that's great. I am so happy there's funding. But it comes down to the <laughs> bottom line is they don't care if there's riders or not, Howard. They're going to cruise with riders or without riders. Does riders make a little bit of difference? I don't know. I gave them thirty a, a for four days. Does that make a difference? I, I doubt it. Yeah, but it's it shouldn't be. It's not a fund. Uh, it's not a money maker. It should be a public service to get people around. And, and I think they need to work on their their, their their public service just just a little bit i'm not saying it's terrible but i think they get more caught up with man i gotta gotta be on time here well there's nobody sitting there anyway why are you so worried about it i think it's next week they're holding that uh, town meeting down in moundsville to see if they're going to start adding buses to moundsville i might show if i can get a ride howard you want to (laughs) go i'll take you pal all right 822 22 after the hour here on the watchdog morning show a little politics to get to uh, I want to talk about the mayor's race in the city of Wheeling in a minute or two, and I want to talk with the mayor of Huntington coming up next, who is uh, going to be running for the Democratic. Oh, let me just check. <laughs> Did he change his mind yet, Art? Democratic nomination for governor? Holy mackerel. Steve Williams coming up next. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. Featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery. Improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services and equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. 
When the unexpected happens, it's good to know you can count on the certified professional restorers at Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Whether it's fire, smoke, flood, or storm that damages your home or business, you can rest assured that we have helped thousands of families just like yours. With the right people, equipment, and expertise, we are ready to respond 24 hours a day to get you quickly back on your feet. When disaster strikes, just pick up the phone. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Friday nights are for football. The lights, the fans, the band are all set for a memorable return this fall. And the watchdog has you covered. WKKX and WVLY are your home for the best matchups in the Ohio Valley. Friday night lights are back and we're ready. High school football's radio home is the watchdog. Lazy summer days are turning to time in the classroom. Meeting old friends and Friday night football. It's back to school and we're there with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard. Trying to recover from another wild weekend. Chugging down coffee while I should have been sleeping. It wasn't a wild weekend. It was just a long couple of weeks as I was away uh, traveling the Mother Road of America, Route 66, a tremendous experience. I'll talk more about that perhaps uh, coming up a little bit later on because there are some things I learned, lessons from the Mother Road that I'll share with you coming up a bit later on. But let's turn our attention to politics. We've got a lot of politics I want to get, politics I want to get into today. Uh, there's going to be another name in the race for mayor in the city of Wheeling announced officially this week. Uh, Senator Manchin, uh, who knows what's going on with that. i got some story about that. Um, and let's talk about the governor's race here in West Virginia. Uh, and for uh, that conversation, I welcome the mayor of Huntington, Steve Williams. Mr. Mayor, good morning. Welcome to our show. Good morning, Howard. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Sorry we got to you a little bit late. We'll, we'll, that's not a problem. We'll keep, uh, we have plenty of time to talk. Um, how do I say this politely? Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> um, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my wife and I were, were talking about this, and, uh, and, and she, said it, she said it best. Uh, she said, Steve, Stephen, when you were looking to run for mayor, I could have cared less. Uh, but this is something you must do. And that shocked me. Um, and uh, uh, she said, uh, I know where your heart is. I know what you're seeking to do. And if you don't do this, you will regret this for the rest of your life. And then she said, you know how you lose. And the boy, I was all ears at that point. <laughs> and, and, and she said, uh, you lose if you don't run. Yeah, you true. do lose. And uh, frankly, Howard, what, how I've come to, to this conclusion is that uh, see what the needs are in, in the state on infrastructure, on um, long-term fiscal um, responsibility, um, um, dealing with the opioid ep epidemic, obviously, clearly, the issues in public education and higher education, all of these things where really hard decisions have had, have had to be made. Um, I've dealt with these for the last 11 years as, as I have been mayor, and frankly, I think I have something to offer and Part of our conversation is uh, a conversation that needs to be held around the state. So in that regard, absolutely, this is something that uh, I must do, but more importantly than anything else, and this is just the acknowledgement of what I'm facing, is that this is an uphill climb because I'm a Democrat, um, and, uh, but this is a climb worth taking. Well, I, I want to talk about policy issues. I want to talk about some of the things you have done in Huntington and some of the things you think need to be done with the state where you to be governor. But I just want to stick for a minute or two on this politics thing. And I don't mean, I don't mean to be funny. I'm on your team. But um, 
Democrats in West Virginia, I mean, are not only endangered species, it's, they don't around anymore. I mean, <laughs> you, you, what you, you call it a long climb or something. It's, I don't, how do you do it? How do you can, right now, we are the, I think, I believe the second reddest state in the country. How do you overcome that as a Democrat? Well, um, as I've looked around the country, about the only the only uh, office on a statewide basis, certainly, um, that uh, will consistently be able to, to show that there is a possibility for the minority party to be able to win is in the governor's race. Because individuals start looking at, uh, at the, the leadership that that individual is, is seeking to, to provide, um, also policies. Um, but one thing that I've learned, if I'm walking into a room and folks are sitting there just just dismissing me immediately because I have a D after their name, mm-hmm. those folks I would never, ever get anyway. Um, but if individuals will give, give me a chance to, to state my position and hear what I'm saying, my experience has been in business and in politics – um, um, when when I have the opportunity to sit down with folks and they can listen, either small groups or large groups, I'll walk away with 90% of the room. Um, I'm not saying that I will ever have uh, 90% or 60%. Shoot, if, if I could get 51% of the vote, then we're going to be governing for the next four years. If I don't get that, then we're going to bring thing. We're going to bring discussions to the table that must be held, and uh, we're still going to be providing a service to the citizens of the state let's talk and about, the nation. Let's talk about some of the things you have done in Huntington. Uh, Huntington has faced its share of troubles, which you have worked through uh, as mayor. Uh, maybe one of the biggest was the opioid epidemic, which has hit everybody in the state. But yes. Huntington got hit particularly hard, and you worked on that. Howard, what what we encountered was, um, frankly, I was not prepared to deal with the opioid epidemic, and the community wasn't prepared. One thing that we learned early on is that there were a lot of agencies that were working to address the opioid epidemic, or just and not just the opioid epidemic, addiction in general. Um, but while there were several different agencies and different community groups that were seeking to address the, the problems of addiction, the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. What I came to understand is that uh, dealing with addiction is not just a policing matter. There's no, it, I know individuals sometimes get a little tired of hearing you can't arrest yourself out and arrest your way out of this. Absolutely, you can't. Uh, it has to be part of the equation, and policing plays a, certainly a, a strong role. But what we ended up finding in creating innovative solutions is that we got the entire community involved. I was, have constantly said to individuals, anybody who would listen, everybody has an assignment in, in addressing this everyone and we found that businesses were involved certainly the hospitals the med schools uh health clinic health care clinics um but churches were very actively involved and they're still actively involved and what i'm most proud of is how i've seen individuals throughout the community have stepped forward um this this became less of a mayoral thing and more of a ministerial function for me, mm-hmm. that there are individuals who were suffering, families were split apart, and I had a man who I go to church with that came in, and his son had died of an overdose, and he was angry, just downright angry, and I found myself starting to feel a little defensive, and then in my mind I realized, wait, he's, he's hurting, you got to quit being a mayor and try to minister to this man. And in essence, what we what we talked about was how we might be able to lift his son's name up and make sure that his that what he experienced in life didn't end up dying with him. And as a result, that that family uh, started 
forming groups that are bringing other families together and ministering to them where they find a means of self-healing, so to speak. And uh, what I've been seeing throughout the community is that with all with all the different things that people can can do, everybody's finding where their own little niche is. Uh, if someone's wanting to be involved in youth sports, that's a way. If someone's wanting to be involved in 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 the arts, that's a way. But everybody everybody has a role to play in fighting this uh, epidemic. Uh, to suggest that you've beaten the epidemic would be silly. You wouldn't, I hope, uh, oh, no, say that, Norman. No, I. No, no, but you no. you do, do you feel you've made significant inroads? Well, we've made inroads. Uh, COVID certainly didn't help because. Yeah because people weren't able to get together. Connection is the opposite of addiction. When individuals find themselves being connected with one another, they find a path to, to work their way out. The problem that is, has occurred since uh, COVID is the, is the ever-evolving nastiness uh, of the opioid ep- of opioids is fentanyl. Fentanyl is coming in. What I've found in the last three years is that uh, the level of deaths that we're able to point to, um, there, we would have if if fentanyl was not part of the equation, was not was not the scourge that you have that it's where it's working its way way into methamphetamines and everything else. Um, we would have only had ten overdose deaths. Per year in the last in the last three years, mm. but we've had overdose deaths that have been up ninety or above. And oddly enough, all but ten of them have been from fentanyl. Now, there's a lot more to the analysis and uh, the statistics of, of, right. of this. But when you look to see the number of fentanyl-related deaths, uh, that tells me that uh, we have turned another corner that we didn't expect and uh frankly um this is a uh, this is a problem of um uh, national security uh this fentanyl can and should be seen as a weapon of mass destruction oh, it's, it's coming from china from china and through the cartels in in mexico and working their way across um, it's this is this is as bad as it ever gets. Let me shift gears to a different issue uh, in Huntington and and maybe around the state here in Wheeling. Infrastructure has become a big deal. Uh, we mm-hmm. have this large streetscape project that's underway that's got everybody upset because the roads are being <laughs> torn up, but they are going to we're, get better. They're going to get better. That's exactly what we're encountering too. <laughs> so, but but infrastructure, uh, roads, bridges, um, sewer work, all of those kinds of things are sort of the nuts and bolts of running a city and, to some extent, a state as well. Um, talk to me about Huntington's infrastructure uh, situation. Well, um, we've, we're paving roads at a level that uh, has not been paved in the last 50 years. Uh, and there, Every year we go through a, a two-season paving program, one in the spring and one in the fall, and every time um, in the last 11 years we've had individuals coming up saying this street has never been has either never been paid or paved or it's the first time it's been paved in over over 40 years um we've had uh right, right now we uh, are doing stormwater uh Im- improvements as well as uh, sanitary improvements in our treat and our treatment plants we have a 210 million dollar uh, pro- project on both of these issues. Um, it's the largest local infrastructure project in the history of the state of, of, of West Virginia. Um, what we're finding is that um, the, the reality is, is if we're going to attract individuals to move into our communities, into the state, we have to have, we must have infrastructure. And uh, frankly, uh, with the uh, uh, infrastructure uh, acts that have been in have been in place, the bipartisan in, in infrastructure legislation that that was passed, um, the the legislation that Senator Manchin, uh, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, that's 
heavily involved in in the infrastructure. Uh, all of that is absolutely necessary. Now, think about it, Howard. In West Virginia, there are areas that don't even have running water. Yeah. The, the wealthiest nation in the world, and we have pockets in Appalachia that don't even have running water. I mean, that is that is absolutely uh, unforgivable. And uh, it, as we take full advantage of building infrastructure, uh, one thing that uh, several mayors throughout uh, the Ohio River Valley region, not just in, uh, in West Virginia, in West Virginia, Ohio, and in, in Kentucky, uh, Pennsylvania as well, Mayor Peduto over in Pittsburgh helped us uh, get started on this, what we call the Marshall Plan for Middle America. Now, this is not Marshall University Plan, <laughs> the Marshall Plan as in the European Marshall Plan, where massive investment in the, in the region to be able to build infrastructure, but also create the opportunity for jobs to, to be created. And, uh, and, and this, we're just now getting a down payment on it, but I don't know a single local official, certainly local and state officials, and you'll end up hearing also, uh, individuals seeking federal office always talking about, well, we've got to build roads and build our infrastructure. Well, there's been an awful lot of cheap talk, but there really hasn't been much, much action on it. But the last few years, with the money that is, is coming in, uh, we, had, we had an awful lot of plans that we had put in place. And frankly, Howard, where I was worried early on in my administration, I was wondering, where in God's name are we going to find money to be able to do this? Because we were putting plans in place, shovel-ready plans, we got them in, got them in place. And sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. There are individuals that complain about the level of spending, but frankly, this this is absolutely necessary in order for our communities to be able to to, to grow. And uh, you have to have not just the money, but you have to have the plan, the planning in place, and you have to have the know-how how to be able to work with contractors and with union groups and uh, workers to be able because one thing howard that i absolutely don't want to have and any other mayor glenn elliott certainly doesn't want to have you don't want to be laying fiber or building sanitary lines or stormwater lines or roads and then hiring people from to come in from georgia tennessee and texas to, to, to do the work this work must be done by people from West Virginia, and we have to make sure that we have them trained appropriately so that they can, when this money is being spent in our community, that the money stays in our community and, and builds our future. Mr. Mayor, there's several other things I'd like to get into. We can talk as, as the election gets closer, and you, you haven't even filed yet. Filing deadline is, when is the filing deadline? Oh, not until the end of of January. Right, that's what I thought. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be uh, sometime in early October. I'll be filing. I'm trying to get every every I dotted and every T crossed so that when I am do start raising money, that uh, we can put it to, to to work, and nobody would be questioning as to how we are actually doing the things that that we're doing. Give that, me a, give me a, give me a quick thought on this, and then again, you and I can talk some more as time goes by. Sure. I'd love to have you back on the show again. But you talk about infrastructure, you talk about uh, jobs, you talk about economic development, you talk about uh, the opioid problem, all of which are very important executive type functions. But when I look around the state, in particular our legislature, and to a slightly lesser extent, but still our governor currently, all I hear talk about are social and cultural issues. I don't hear a lot of talk about fixing these problems. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not looking at the right things, but it, it seems to me there's so much emphasis on the social, cultural issues, the, you know, uh, not teaching certain things in school and so on, that, that we kind of ignore the nuts and bolts of government. I, I really think that if you focus on um, creating opportunities for individuals to be able to take care of their families by creating jobs, that takes care of so many of these so-called social ills. I really believe, and I'm not, I'm not 
challenging uh, the sincerity of some of these folks, but I believe that uh, that's just an easy trope for them to be able to grab hold of because they don't know how to do the other stuff. And uh, um, and we the, the one thing that has been very important in, in our community is that uh, we make sure that everybody has an opportunity to be able to succeed. Everyone has to have an opportunity to succeed, and it doesn't matter uh, what your color is, what your gender is, uh, what uh, your um, where what your heart loves. The fact of the matter is, we're all we are all part of a, of a community, and uh, there's something to be said about respecting uh, the, the livelihoods and the lives of, of others, and not try to go pushing your ideas off on someone else. Just because I'm doing something doesn't necessarily mean that the person right down the street needs to be doing exactly the same thing. Mind your own blessed business, and let's <laughs> let's put people to work. Mr. Mayor, good conversation today. Again, I want to keep in touch. We'll do this uh, as okay, time goes on. Thanks for joining me this morning. I very much appreciate Thanks. it. Have yourself a great you day. Bet. All right. You okay. too. Bye-bye. Steve Williams is the mayor of Huntington, and he has... Uh, I mean, I'm glad, you know, being a Democrat, Bob, I'm glad someone's stepping up to the plate. But honest to God, I don't know. I don't know how you overcome being a Democrat in West Virginia right now. I mean, what, do we have two people in the legislature? Something like, no, we have more than that. But, I mean, how do you how do you overcome it? It's going to be a while, Howard. Not a quick fix. I mean, I just don't, I don't see what the uh, – he's got a long road to hoe, let's put it that way. Uh, all right, let's see. Well, let's see. Uh, the bus was late for Bob, and we were late for Mr. Williams. Wasn't late, Howard. Blew right by me. Well, uh, all right. Bob got on the 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 the, the transportation occurred late. Uh, the uh, we were late with Mr. Williams, and uh, now uh, is Taylor still here? Or did she leave us? I think she's she's getting irritated though. Howard. All right, all right, Taylor. All right, all right. I'm sorry. It's your turn to talk. Taylor Long has Ohio Valley headlines for us. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this September the 18th. U.S. auto workers are in the spotlight as members of the United Auto Workers Union strike for a new deal. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance supports their demand for higher wages, but also says there is a massive elephant in the room for American auto workers, electric vehicles. The Biden administration actively supports the rapid transition of EVs for environmental reasons, but Senator Vance notes a problem with the policy. A huge chunk of the EV supply chain is concentrated in China. Not only does that threaten American manufacturing jobs, but production in China is environmentally dirtier than in the U.S., which would negate any benefits gained by adopting EVs. Vance thinks that UAW workers have a unique opportunity at the moment to push back against what he calls the, quote, premature transition to EVs, end quote, arguing that it would help Ohio auto workers by helping to secure the future of their jobs. And 7 News is your local election headquarters. Important changes are coming to Brook County this upcoming election. Two precincts and a polling location are changing. This all started a few years ago when the county had to update all their precincts to comply with delegate redistricting. Now Weirton has changed their charter to pull all their elections on the same schedule to run with the county ballots. And residents who will be affected by these changes will receive a new voter registration card with the correct polling location. Stay with 7 News for any updates. And a quick traffic update for you this morning. Starting today at 9.30 to 5, Cove Road and Pennsylvania Avenue in Weirton will be reduced to one lane for cable maintenance. That work will continue until Thursday, September 28th. Plaggers will be maintaining traffic during that time and commuters in the area should slow down and expect delays. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. 
Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Teacher's desks are clean, chalk is fresh, and the blackboard is ready. It's back to school time, and we're ready with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Talking to myself and feeling old Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me Except it's not a rainy day. It's a nice day today. Going to be sunshine, blue skies, a high around 70 today. Sunny and a high around 70 tomorrow. Up to 75 on Wednesday, close to 80 on Thursday and Friday. And eh, mid-70s on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, If the forecast holds true, Bob, I don't see a bad day in sight. Yeah, but like the song says, Howard, I, I guess what I get, they used to call the blues. I, I got the Monday blues. You got the Monday blues? But the Steelers play tonight, so I might really have the Tuesday blues, Howard. Depends, depends how they do. They lost last game, right? Yeah, we don't have to talk about that, do we? just got okay. a couple minutes left. All right. I, well, I was just uh, – I'm sorry. Well, let's just well, forget that. Okay. Ignore that. Ignore that I, ignore that I said that. Um, we're talking with Steve Williams. Uh, by the way, I always appreciate this. We did, Steve Williams did nothing wrong. Bob and I were talking away, and 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 I texted him and said, "Don't you know we're ready for you pretty soon?" And he came in a little bit late. What I want to say is, he he, he just sent me a text. He I'm sorry I was late. You know, it's okay. We we we're pretty flexible here, right? We we made it work. Absolutely. So, but I appreciate it when somebody takes time to say, "Sorry, I I'm late. I should have been." It, it was okay. It was not his fault at all. Was well, anybody's fault? Just we talk a lot. Yeah, and uh, it's a shame because it sounds like he's a really, really nice guy, and uh, he's just got a really, really uphill he's, battle. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and we'll 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 talk with him more, and we'll talk about that election more. Well, let me ask you this, Howard: Do yeah. you think he he's probably the front runner for the Democratic uh, nomination? I don't, I don't think there's anybody else who's going to try. Ah. Uh, <laughs> nobody else. <laughs> Steve, if you're listening, don't take this the wrong way. Nobody else is stupid enough. I don't mean that, but I know. You remember Ben Salango had talked about it. Ben Salango, who ran for the Democratic, he thought better of it, huh? Well, I think what he he and Williams got together and said, "Look, it would be foolish for us to have a primary where we're going to fight each other. Somebody's got to just step up and be the nominee." The the thing that will help a little bit is that there is a really hotly contested Republican primary. You got what four key players in there? Four or five? I lose track now. How many are in there? Uh, you know, you got Morrissey, you got uh, more Capito, you've got um, Mac Warner, who I will repeat something I've said a dozen times before. I thought Mac was the runaway favorite. He's jinxed him hard. I did, I did. I'm afraid I did. He's the bottom of the barrel there. So, uh, but Dave, that's going to be a, a, a hard-fought primary uh, for the Republicans, which means they'll beat each other up a bit, which will clear the way a little bit for a Democrat to come in. Well, is there any chance of this happening, Howard? Uh, any chance that Mr. Williams pulls a JJ? He gets through the primary. He says, hell with this. I'm not going to be a, a Democrat. I want to be a Republican. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I, don't. I, I can't see that happening. And I cannot see this next thing happening either. But keep in mind, we have not even hit the filing deadline yet. Right now, he has said, I'm thinking, depending on what, you know, over the last several months, I might run. Yes, I think I probably will run. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to run. Yeah, yeah, you can count on me running. But he doesn't run until he files the forms. Well, it sounds like he has his wife's support, Howard. And that becomes very, very, very important. Seven to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 53 at the airport, 53 at the Highlands, 54 in Elm Grove, and 53 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Now, uh, staying with politics for a minute, Bob, it, it's not a surprise. We knew this was coming, but 
the mayor's race is getting another candidate officially in in the ring this week. Well, listen, Howard, I, I kind of lost track. We have uh, we have Denny Magruder. Yep, stop right there. That's all we got. Oh, that's it. I, so I do have the list. <laughs> yeah. We have Denny Magruder. We have anticipating Chad Thalman, who has said on this show he is not going to run for re-election to his council seat, but also said he wasn't ready to announce whether he's running for mayor. I suspect he will, but we don't know that. And the other name that has been quite frequently bandied about and now will be official on Wednesday, uh, Council Member Rosemary Ketchum from the Third Ward uh, is holding a campaign kickoff for her mayor's uh, campaign uh, at Center Market on Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock. Now, again, it's not a surprise because I've talked about this and everybody has known, I shouldn't say everybody, but those of us who pay attention to things knew that she was going to run. So it, it seems to me right now we've got Rosemary Ketchum. Uh, we have Denny Magruder, most likely uh, Chad Thalman. I suspect there will be at least one, maybe two more, at least in the race. This conversation we had on the trip, several people asked me, said, oh, that Rosemary Ketchum is running, so now who do you think is going to be the next mayor? I, I, there's, I, it's still too early for me to know because I don't know what the field is going to look like. It's going to make a, you know, who is in the race is going to make a big difference. And now that it's official, Rosemary Ketchum throwing her hat in the ring, now someone will have to step up in her ward because it's official. She no longer wants to be the, the councilwoman for that ward, correct? Correct. One of the things I've been saying all along, which I think gets lost in the shuffle here, is that uh, while we're absolutely going to have to elect a new mayor because Glenn Elliott is term limited, he cannot run again, um, so there will be a new mayor, there will be at least, at least now two and my best guess is three new council members because Rosemary cannot run for her seat again, so the third ward seat is open. Chad has already said he's not running for his seat. That's going to be open. And I have a suspicion, and I'm not going to say who, I have a suspicion one of the current council members will just choose not to run for re-election. I thought you asked Davey Palmer. What did he Dave say? Dave said he will. Oh, okay. Dave said he is going to run one more time. So Dave will be running again. Uh, but we've got Ben Seidler, we've got uh, Jerry Sklavanakis, and Ty Thorngate. I, I do not have any inside information. Let me say it again. Zero inside information. But I have a strong gut feeling one of those three, at least one of those three, will not run as well. So we are likely to see a new mayor and three new council members. That's going to change the whole compl- – it could change the whole complexion of this of the council because of, wheeling is changing so much that council has been on on board for this man i just hope it's not some sort of log jam however you know what i mean like the new kids on the block come in they say well yeah. not so fast here well that's what i i and that's why it's hard right now for me to yet decide where i think this mayor's race is likely to go i, I mean i have some thoughts on who rosemary ketchum's support will come from uh, Chad's support if he is running, Denny's support. Denny will be getting a totally different type of support than Rosemary, for example. I believe. I could be wrong. Uh, but I think there's others out there. Uh, and I think we might see at least one business person getting in the race. So, Are you hearing something, Howard? Is, well, that, is that what you're telling I'm, us? I'm hearing things, but not enough to say for sure. But I think there's going to be – it's going to be an interesting race. But I, I, can't, I just can't predict because I don't know – who all is in there? It's going to make a huge difference. You know, you, you, we're going to be dividing this, this city up, so to speak, in terms of demographics and in terms of philosophy and so on. Denny is going to be more, uh, will represent more of an older, more traditional line. Old school. Old school. Good, good, good phrase. Uh, Rosemary, clearly the progressive, you know, hard-charging left-wing approach that she's taken. And she's done a good job. i got to tell you, she does a good job. She's outspoken. She is very active. She's very uh, engaged in her in her ward. Um, and then, of course, Chad is Chad. So I just, right now, I just, I, it's hard to figure it out. But I'm going to tell you this, it's going to be, it's not going to be as simple as some people think it's going to be because every one of the – if there are three right now, counting Chad, and I don't know that we can count him, but counting Chad, every one is going to have their own constituency to to support them. Then what happens next? At this moment, I just, I just don't know. Um, I don't believe so. I'm not going to say what we just got a text from. I, I have heard that as well. I, I hear that. 
I'm not going to say it out loud on the text line, but but I, I don't believe that's going to happen. Well, you being the old-time analyst, Howard, does it ha- does it help Miss Ketchum if you have more old schoolers in the race sure. and that kind yes. of lets her get, get into it yes. more? Yes, absolutely. In my opinion, yes. There is a, a, a there is a despite what some of we older folks tend to think, there is a strong contingent of younger, more progressive, for lack of a better word to use, uh, citizens who like the approach that Rosemary takes, and that Glenn and others have taken. Um, so yeah, if you get more old school folks in there, I think it gives her a better chance, and that's why I can't make a prediction until I know more. Who else is going to be in the race? Nine o'clock on the Watchdog Morning Show. From ABC News, I'm Sherry Preston. President Biden's son Hunter is suing the IRS, arguing that his right to privacy has been violated. In Washington, ABC national correspondent Stephen Portnoy has more. The lawsuit alleges two IRS agents who've come forward as whistleblowers violated Hunter Biden's privacy under the tax laws. The filing says over more than 20 interviews and public statements, the agents revealed details of Hunter Biden's dealings with the IRS that shouldn't have become public. Those allegations have since fueled the GOP's impeachment inquiry of the president. Hunter Biden's lawyer says the harm he suffered, quote, reputationally and emotionally, has been staggering. And now the president's son is seeking damages. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. The U.N. General Assembly is meeting this week here in New York. Joe Biden is here. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is here. Russian President Vladimir Putin is not. Following the release of $6 billion that's supposed to be used strictly for humanitarian aid, Iran and the U.S. are exchanging prisoners today. ABC Chief Global Affairs correspondent Martha Raddatz reports. Five Americans freed today after spending years behind bars in Iran, according to the Iranian Foreign Ministry. Their expected release, the product of a complex and controversial deal cut between the Biden administration and Tehran last month. Iran and the U.S. each exchanging five prisoners, with the U.S. also agreeing to allow Iran to access roughly $6 billion in frozen oil revenue. Tens of thousands of climate activists showing up in New York City on Sunday calling for an end to fossil fuels. Los Angeles County is offering a 